Welcome to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. As always, thanks for tuning in. A little later in the show, we are going to have two new members of the new Detroit School Board. Uh, They are being sworn in later today, and we'll start their work rebuilding public education here in the city of Detroit. A lot at stake in some people's minds. This is sort of a last gasp chance at uh, making uh, the public uh, school district in this city work for the families who live here. So we're going to catch up with Sonia Mays and Misha Stallworth, two new members, to ask them what's on their minds as they prepare to take these oaths to to, uh, to st- steward public education here in the city of Detroit. Uh, Also joining us for that segment will be Chastity Pratt-Dossie, a reporter with Bridge Magazine who joins us frequently to talk about education. And speaking of education, the confirmation hearings for President-elect Donald Trump's cabinet picks are in full swing, but the process to confirm Michigan billionaire and philanthropist Betsy DeVos Trump's choice for education secretary, they have stalled, at least temporarily. The hearings for DeVos were supposed to begin today, but have been delayed a week. That's after Democrats raised concerns about DeVos's financial disclosures. She's got an incomplete ethics review, and there are lots of possible conflicts of interest uh, between uh, her work as essentially an education lobbyist here in this state uh, and the work that she would be doing as the Secretary of Education. Our next guest is in Washington, D.C., because he expected to be covering the DeVos confirmation hearings today. Rick Pluta joins me now. He's the State Capitol Bureau Chief of the Michigan Public Radio Network. Rick, welcome to Detroit Today. Uh, hi, Stephen. And uh, fortunately, I have a little time on my hands. Yeah, I was going to say, you can uh, just go see all the monuments today instead of mm-hmm, sitting. Yep, yep. Nice, uh, <laughs> nice walk around the uh, nice walk around the mall. That's right. Uh, so, so let's start with the the specific reasons that this uh, hearing was delayed. This is one of uh, several hearings that Democrats are seeking to delay, at least, uh, because there have been sort of incomplete uh, ethics reviews uh, uh, done for for several nominees. This is the first one that I've heard of uh, that I can think of that has been successfully pushed back. Um, yeah, the, basically what happened was, uh, you know, the Republican leadership cried uncle, the Senate Republican leadership, after uh, Democrats said that they just didn't have enough time to sort through the information. And the Office of Government Ethics said that they didn't have enough time to complete a review based on the complicated financial disclosures of not just Betsy DeVos, but other millionaires and billionaires who are joining the Trump cabinet. That yeah. They said that that their um, business and financial lives are so vast and complex that it just, you know, it'll probably really take months to complete a, a review as opposed to, you know, the, the, the days and weeks that, uh, you know, that they have actually had since the paperwork was filed. And there's also concern that, that, um, that some of uh, Betsy DeVos's uh, filings were... Um, Unforthcoming that, you know, for example, there are a few uh, potential ethical quandaries where she is asked how she would uh, resolve them. And the answer is, I will work with the Office of Government Ethics to come up with a solution that works. And, you know, some some 
senators, Democrats in particular, are looking for more details on that. So, so but, what uh, are those? Basically, it was it was a it was a but it, it did seem to be a function of just uh, too much, too soon, front ending too many of these um, of these confirmation hearings and not giving the uh, senators enough time to do their due diligence. So, so what uh, what do those conflicts look like? Uh, talk about what well. What... Um, that there are obviously questions about whether or not Betsy DeVos has any um, business-related uh, education interests. And, uh, you know, while there may be some, she's really uh, been more of, of a donor to uh, education groups and causes than, um, you know, than, than, than someone who's making money off it. Um, but then also, you know, how will her participation in those causes you know, interplay with her job as education secretary. What boards are she on? What, how is she um, creating a buffer between um, her and her previous activities? And, and, and don't forget, in um, some instances, her husband, Dick DeVos, the former Republican gubernatorial candidate, um, is also engaged in that right. work. So how can you, um, you know, how do you avoid marital conflicts of interest? Yeah, I mean, I think that's one of the, if not novel, uh, certainly unusual dynamics at work here, which is that it's not just that Betsy DeVos is a, uh, you know, a, an extremely partisan advocate uh in the education space here in Michigan, uh, it's that uh, her entire family is involved in that advocacy. And so I, mean, I think it's a, a perfectly reasonable question to ask, how, how would you go about separating uh, that person from that advocacy in a way that would, could even be taken seriously by, by the publics or by, by these ethical standards that, that we hold public officials to? Mm -hmm. And I think another thing that's concerning Democrats in particular and teachers unions and, and you know, people who are on the other side of the charter and, and, and school choice debate is um, the fact that, you know, Betsy DeVos hasn't just been um, an advocate and um, a donor, and she's certainly not the first, you know, political campaign donor to be named to a, a cabinet position, but she has been very, very successful at that. You yes. know, if you look at the Michigan experience that, that you know, the Republican legislature is basically um, on the same page as Betsy DeVos on education reform, largely as a result of the DeVos family's uh, political activities. She would argue that's not a bad thing, you know, that, that they, they believe in something and, you know, they, they, they acted to... Uh, enact uh, enact that agenda. But if you don't share those beliefs, you're going to have some concerns, not just about what she believes and what she wants, but her effectiveness in um, in accomplishing it. Yeah. Uh, this is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guest is Rick Pluta, State Capitol Bureau Chief for the Michigan Public Radio Network. He is in Washington today for a hearing that is not going to take place. Uh, Betsy DeVos, who is Donald Trump's nominee to head the Department of Education, was supposed to start her confirmation hearings uh, today. That has been delayed uh, because she has not yet completed the ethics review that uh, that nominees have to go through. We're talking about her nomination and uh, when those hearings 
will take place. Uh, if you want to join the conversation, talk about Betsy DeVos as uh, a nominee for the Department of Education. Talk about the ethical conflicts that uh, surround not only Betsy DeVos, but some other members uh, of the, the now-forming Donald Trump cabinet. Uh, lots of people whose uh, private lives, previous lives, will bring them into conflict with the idea of government service. How do you propose or how do they propose uh, to separate themselves from those conflicts? How do they propose to bring transparency to uh, an administration uh, that, that has so many members who have been involved, deeply involved uh, in uh, sort of partisan sides of the issues in the departments they will now lead. 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. Also, if you happen to catch the opening day of hearings for uh, uh, Attorney General nominee Jeff Sessions yesterday, I'd be interested in your reactions. Uh, lots of back and forth between him and uh, some Democratic senators in particular. Uh, again, 313-577-1019 is the number to join that conversation. Also, go to the WD. Facebook page, put your comments there, or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. Uh, we will work your comments into the conversation. Uh, Rick, uh, is it your sense that uh, that Democrats feel like they might be able to derail the nomination of of Betsy DeVos or any of these others? In fact, uh, uh, or is this just an effort to hold them more accountable? before they get into these uh, into these positions? None of the uh, Democrats that I've talked to are operating under the illusion that uh, they can stop the DeVos nomination, um, and, and, and probably not, not, not any of the others, but certainly not the DeVos nomination. But, um, you know, both sides in this kind of have equal and opposite goals that... Um, the opponents of the DeVos nomination, if they can't stop it, are hoping that the hearings will at least serve as a uh, forum to raise questions about the DeVos agenda and um, the, 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 the DeVos goals for education and inducting more school choice, less federal oversight, more um, um, you know, devolving authority over education policy uh, back to states. And the DeVos team actually has the goal of selling that agenda, that they, you know, think that they have some big plans for education, and they see this as an opportunity not just to, you know, get through a, a hearing process, but in fact to sell that concept, that agenda, to the, to the public. Yeah. Uh, the, and that agenda is... You know, a it's at odds with with uh, with much of the Democratic Party, but there are also these questions that have been raised, and I expect to be raised during the the hearings about the effectiveness of of that agenda. Like, what have we accomplished here in the state of Michigan? There's a lot of argument uh, about that that uh, that I expect to unfold. The 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 Michigan experience and the Detroit experience are going to be in the spotlight, that they will have a central role in this confirmation drama as it plays out, and whether or not the school choice and charter school experiment in Michigan has been a success or not. That's clearly uh, going to be the case. And in fact, on, on both sides, this will play out um, when it finally happens next week. Um, 
a lot like a presidential debate with dueling war rooms where people are fact-checking in real time um, um, claims and allegations that are made in the process and then uh, taking to social media and email blasts to um, quote-unquote fact-check and you know provide more information and context and spin on what's going on as it's happening in the hearings. Yeah, uh, are, are there any Republicans on the uh, committee that will that will vet uh, Betsy DeVos who are raising their own questions? Uh, are they raising similar questions to, uh, along the lines of Democrats? I mean, I know Lamar Alexander uh, from Tennessee is the chair of this committee, and he's already said he's a pretty enthusiastic supporter of Ms. DeVos, but obviously there are other Republican members of that committee, too. Um, 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 there are, and um, I believe Susan Collins is a Republican mm-hmm. um, on the committee, but it really does seem at this juncture like this is going to you know, largely play out along party lines and um, the divide on the DeVos nomination and her plans will be a, a partisan one. Yeah. Okay, Rick Pluta, are you going to maybe hop over to uh, the Jeff Sessions Attorney General uh, confirmation hearing? Um, actually, <laughs> uh, um, I probably not that, um, but uh, you know the Transportation Secretary um, yes. nominee is is up, and we have a, uh, um, a senator on that committee, Gary Peters, who has some questions about things like the future of. Uh, um, autonomous vehicles in federal policy. Yeah. And uh, so I'll be uh, getting together with Senator Peters and uh, asking him a little bit about that. Yeah. And I'm also looking into, um, you know, for Michigan's congressional delegation, this is a rebuilding season when it comes to uh, influence, that gone are the days when John Dingell wielded the gavel of the House Energy and Commerce sure. Committee, and sure. it's incredibly wide purview, looking out for the interests of the auto industry, uh, labor unions, and uh, Michigan in general. That this is the first session in a very long time where the Michigan delegation doesn't have a gavel in either the uh, the House or the Senate, and so the work now is placing um, Michigan members on key committees and uh, working their way up the uh, seniority ladder. Right. Well, Michigan has two new uh, members of Congress. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Mitchell and and Bergman. Uh, mm-hmm. What what committee assignments are, are are they likely to draw? Do we know that? Um, they do, and and I'm blanking on it. I believe Mitchell was going for uh, small business. Uh, he also wants to be active in uh, military affairs, uh-huh. just because there's um, so much military contracting and uh, Selfridge Air, for, uh, Air Force Base that uh, in his district, goes on yeah. in his district. Yeah. And uh, Bergman actually. Um, is on uh, Veterans Affairs. He's a former uh, military officer, and uh, that seems to have been a good fit for uh, his district as well, based on uh, the activities of his predecessor, Dan Beneshek. Yeah. Uh, before but, I let you go, you know, we've, yeah, 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 go, go ahead. ahead. Um, uh, I'm wondering what the buzz in Washington uh, is like around what the news we heard yesterday, late yesterday, about uh, the allegations about uh, Donald Trump and the Russian uh, government, more salacious uh, sort of allegations, and and we should make it clear that they have not been verified, and that NPR, They're in fact, very, is very not reporting them. Substantiated, and I, I I think the same reaction here as we're seeing across the rest of the country, which is 
you know, a, a certain amount of, you know, oh my, could this be true? And also a, um, you know, this, this, um, the, the, the substance, the details of the allegations were released by the news site BuzzFeed. And a lot of discussion about whether or not that was appropriate to do. That yeah. we saw lots of other news organizations, the Washington Post, the New York Times, CNN, pick it up and, and provide some more details because they had to, but also and, and NPR, but also saying, you know what, we're not going to um, you know delve into them because that would be spreading things that we don't know to be true and you know we've got to be in the business of verifying is true the information that we uh, that we share yeah yeah uh really important issue these days with so many different outlets uh behaving in ways that are that we would probably consider uh, irresponsible with with information but but a broad spectrum of standards also uh, right now with, with news organizations yeah. and, and this well, kind of Buzz, information. BuzzFeed's rationale was they said that, look, this is being circulated at the highest levels of government. We know that it's out there. This is something that, that the American people deserve to know is up there. And then they can make a judgment on you know the information just like senators and the uh, intelligence community are. And other, again, news organizations saying, you know, we don't share information that hasn't been uh, been verified, even if it's traveling at, you know, at the highest levels of government. There's still just amount to rumors. Yeah. OK. Rick Pluta, State Capitol Bureau Chief of the Michigan Public Radio Network. Thanks for being with us on Detroit Today. Always a pleasure, Stephen. Have a good time in Washington. See you when we get back. (laughs) I'll try. (laughs) All right. Uh, Up next, Detroit gets a brand new school board tonight. We're going to talk with two new members of the board about their goals and challenges in 2017 and about a new era of local control for Detroit schools. Stay with us on Detroit Today. (laughs) 